We have a treat for you this morning. Yes, we do. We have a special Amen. treat for you, Praise a dear, God. dear, dear friend of ours. We've asked him if he would come and minister for us today. He's ministered at our church, our father's house, and when we were in the buildings for, uh, some time ago, and just an, an anointed yes. vessel of the Lord. Amen. I know him not only in the church, quote unquote church world, if you understand what I'm saying there, but I know him in the natural. I served under him. He was my principal. He was my principal when I taught at yet I taught at the school for a while. And I bless the Lord. So it's my honor. It's my honor Amen. today to introduce to some and present to others. None other than Pastor Hayward John. Pastor Hayward John. In the natural, he is the director of student services for the Orangeburg County School District. And he leads a team of professionals in serving more than twelve more than twelve thousand students. He is a former award-winning principal, and he has won national awards and local awards. Recently, he, put, he uh, published a book, and it's called Weapons of Mass Distraction, Dismantling the Negative Influence of Hip-Hop Music on Our Youth. God has given this man a word. Yes, yes. A word to help yes. set captives free. Amen. The book in, empowers the youth and those who care about them to fulfill their purpose without being defined by destructive suggestions of the culture. As a community leader, Pastor John is, is the head of the Orangeburg County Sheriff's Office Community Advisory Council. As a motivational speaker, Pastor John is the founder of Speak Life Enterprises a speaking organization that empowers communities and organizations all over the country. I really hope, I trust that he'll be able to tell you even more about Speak Life because it's a powerful, yes, it powerful is. tool that's helping to keep the body of Christ and others encouraged inside of their walk. Now, as a man, as that's the natural side, but as in, in the spiritual realm, he is the assistant pastor of the Feast of the Lord here in the Feast of the Lord Church here in Orangeburg, where Apostle Shane Wall is the senior pastor. He travels extensively, speaking the word of God, delivering souls, and, and snatching them under the anointing of the Holy Ghost from the hands of the enemy. Amen. He's married to the lovely and talented Starlet John, and together they have three dynamic children and they are three dynamic children hayward malachi and imani it's our pleasure it is our pleasure, it is our Amen. pleasure Praise God. and our joy to present to some and in and introduce to others none other than pastor hayward john let us hear that word that he has Amen. From the Lord. Praise Amen. God. hallelujah hallelujah hey our father's house family bless the lord man i think it's interesting that we find ourselves Worshiping in the house, because that's where worship should always begin anyway, in your home. I dare you right now to allow your home to be transformed into a sanctuary and help me bless the Lord right now for your pastors, our family, Bishop Ed and Pastor Carlene Raleigh. Come on, you'll help me bless the Lord. I hear you out there. Put in the chat so I know it's evident that you are blessing the Lord with me. Hallelujah. Blessed is his name. I might be too loud, but that's okay. Turn your mics down. Turn your volume down. But if you got to turn it up, come on, help me bless the Lord. He is good. Hallelujah. He is great. 
He is mighty. People wonder why can you smile in a time where you should be frowning? Why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Help me bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed is his name. He is good. When the devil is bad, he is good. When the people around you are bad, he is good. When you can't understand what's going on, you know that he's still going on. Hallelujah. I don't have to know what's going on as long as I know the Lord is still going on. And because the Lord is still going on, your purpose is still going on and your praise can still be going on. Do not allow the circumstances of this time to dilute and eliminate your praise. Come on, y'all. Help me bless the Lord. Help me bless the Lord. Do not allow your praise to be eliminated by circumstances. Hallelujah. Blessed is his name. Oh, God, I have a man. We can do this for 45 minutes. Y'all, I have a praise on the inside. Hallelujah. Man, why am I smiling like this? I'm smiling because the enemy had a plan that did not work. <laughs> because, see, we think because the plan hurt that it worked. Nah, the plan was supposed to do more than hurt you. It was supposed to destroy you. It was supposed to cut your faith. It was supposed to tell you no more church, uh, no more church online. Nah, because we now realize that church is in the house. Hallelujah. I believe God is getting us back to the basics. That's what I think this, all, this is all about. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so good. I feel so good. But I want to thank the Lord. Take a moment and bless the Lord for these dynamic leaders. I, I love them so much. Uh, they will never know. My wife and I realize that they're, they're household names in this house. Um, that's why I feel so comfortable. I'm, I'm, I got home court advantage, y'all. I want y'all to look at somebody in your house and tell them we got home court advantage. <laughs> so if you know me, you know that I'm I'm a um, former NBA player in my own mind. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I like basketball, but I, I had a, had some hoop dreams. But God had other plans. <laughs> but uh, if anybody knows about the game of basketball, you understand the power of home court advantage. Put in the chat if you understand what home court advantage means. Let's see. Let's see if you know what that means. Home court advantage. If you had to say, what does home court advantage mean? I know it's not Bible study, but because we're in our house, we get the opportunity to put things in the chat. and You can help me preach. Home court advantage. Anytime I play at an away game, the, in, the, the environment, the energy in the, in the gym was always charged, but it was charged against us. Now, we would go against them. That's right. We would go against the other team. And every time we go against that team, they had cheerleaders screaming for the players. They had parents, everybody. The whole room was chanting for the other team. And the other team had home court advantage because the environment was produced and conducive for them to be successful. But when they came on our court, when they came in a home court advantage, <laughs> that is when they had to come into my environment. I want you to realize that if you are in your home or wherever you go, because God is giving you dominion, he's giving you home court advantage, meaning he's giving you the ability to create the environment for him to work. I need you to be serious about the environment that you create. I need you to be serious about the atmosphere that you carry, because every time you carry an atmosphere that is a praise, that is of worship, you have transformed that atmosphere, that area into a place where you can have dominion over. So you don't walk into a place like you uh, are happy to be there. You walk to a place because the kingdom has come. Wherever you go, the kingdom has come. I need you to know that wherever you stand, the kingdom stands with you. Now, you got to have confidence to believe that. You got to have faith to believe that. And the reason why I bless the Lord for these leaders is because everywhere they go, they take the kingdom with them. I watched some of, that's right, Katrina. I watched some of their, uh, I saw some of their titles of their posts of kingdom lifestyle and, and kingdom character and kingdom business. 
Uh, if y'all don't realize this, y'all are getting ready. The Lord is preparing you for kingdom advancement. But how can we prepare, be prepared for kingdom advancement in a pandemic? That's one of the things I want to talk to y'all about today. I want to talk to you about uh, this message called a charge to keep. That's my message today. A charge to keep. Yes, I bless the Lord again for the Riley family. They mentioned about speak life and my wife, she's on as well. Again, when you got home court advantage, you got you got cheerleaders. You got people around you. My wife is uh, one of my she is my greatest cheerleader, actually, on this earth. And then my kids, they they do a great job backing her up. They 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 set, they take care of their dad. And I love them so much. And we take care of each other. As this is all about uh, the family is very critical in times like these. And so they mentioned speak life and speak life is uh, important to me because I believe that in this season, watch this. The enemy is doing a whole lot at creating what's called a morbid mentality. Mm -hmm. I, I'll say it again. Uh, I, and I'm going to in my message today, I'm coming against that. That morbid mentality. Morbid mentality is when you're always thinking about death um, in a season right like now. Every, people hear it all the time. Everywhere you turn, you're, you're hearing about death. You're hearing about death. And when the Lord dealt with me about talking to you today, watch this. He said, Hayward, I want you to preach to the living. That's what he said. I want you to preach to the living. And guys, I'm telling you that it was, it was strange to me when I heard him say that. Then he started dealing with me. He said, because people are thinking more about their, their death than they are thinking about their lives. Woo. I'll say it one more time. He said, people now in this season are thinking more about their death than they're thinking about their life because they're hearing so much around them that people's mortality has been making them think about their own. And he said, there's this morbid mentality that's being created that they're thinking more about dying than they're thinking about living. And because they're thinking about dying, they actually are canceling out. Watch this. The charge that is on your lives. Oh, somebody said you took the words right out of my heart. They're thinking about the charge. They're, they're, they're canceling out the charge. And so I got to tell you, when I was getting ready for the word, see, now I don't know if Bishop Ed Carr and Bishop Riley and Pastor Riley, if they get the opportunity to take you behind the scenes on their little on their studio, because we, the, we, we have a little studio going on with Street, but this is really cool. Let me tell you, let me tell you a little bit about behind the scenes, y'all. Sorry, Pastor Riley, I got to do it. While we were getting ready behind the scenes, uh, Pastor Riley, Pastor Carlene Riley said, Oh my gosh, we got to keep this thing charging. Watch this. We got to keep this thing charging or we're going to be in trouble. Now, of course, when she said that, she was talking about, I guess, her, her devices because now we're in this virtual world where we have to use our devices. And in order for our devices to be successful, they got to stay what? They got to stay what? You got it. They got to stay charged. And so she kept saying, we got we to charge. Oh my gosh, we don't want to lose the charge because if we lose the charge, some of y'all caught it already. If we lose the charge, we're going to be in trouble. But then Bishop, just like a good Bishop should, Bishop said, as long as it keeps charging, ooh, we will be okay. I, I'm about to get up. Y'all got to go. He said, Bishop said, as long as it keeps charging, we'll be okay. See, my device right now, it is charged. It's been on, it's been connected to the source for a long time. But the longer it's disconnected from the source, the longer it has an opportunity to lose its charge. And Bishop said, no, just keep it on the charge. If you keep it charged, we'll be OK. I said that's confirmation right there that I'm in the house, that I'm in the right place at the right time, because I believe that one of the greatest challenges to your life in this season is that the enemy is trying to take your charge. He's trying to drain your charge. And let's be honest, y'all. Come on, let's, let's, let's real talk today. Let's be honest. This has been one of the most challenging seasons to our charge. 
Yeah, yeah. We've been losing our charge because uh, because we have such a demand on it. We've been pressed. We've been pressured. We've been frustrated. We've been challenged. We've been challenged. Watch this in ways we never thought we'd be challenged. And watch this. We've been challenged in ways we never intended to be challenged. How many of y'all planned for a pandemic? We didn't plan this. We didn't think about this in our prayers. When you said I do, Sean, to your wife and y'all stood there and talked about for better or for worse, the, the pandemic wasn't on your mind. Um, Sister Bobby Davis, I know we weren't thinking about the pandemic. Now, many of you elders on the, on the call, you've dealt with pandemics before. And that's why we need our elders. That's why we got to be charged. See, being charged is not just staying connected to the source, which is God. It's also staying connected to the people that God gave you to help keep you charged. Mm, what am I saying? There are people in your lives that God has given you to stay connected to so you don't lose your charge. You can't in this season be, be disconnected from the people of God. That's why I appreciate Pastor Riley and Pastor Carly and Roddy, because they said we're still going to be connected or we're still doing our Bible studies or we're still going to have our events in the community. We're still going to keep you connected. Why? Because you're not going to be able to survive without being connected to your source in this season. You can't have Matter of fact, we'll say like Pastor Riley said it earlier. We're going to be in trouble. We're going to be in trouble if we don't stay charged. So my message today, y'all, is a charge to keep a charge to keep. Because, again, one of the greatest threats is to lose your charge. Exodus, Exodus chapter six, verse 13. Again, I, I just want to share a little bit of what the Lord has given me and I'm going to share everything that God gave me, but I want to share this uh, scripture. Exodus six thirteen. Thank you for having it up. Um, and the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron and gave them a charge unto the children of Israel and unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt. I need you to know when God gives a charge, it is no suggestion. It is not up for discussion when he gives you a charge. Watch this. Just like you got a charge on your phone. Every time you have a charge on your phone or a charge on a device, it's because it needs to be used. You don't you don't charge anything that's not going to be utilized. And let me help you with something. If the charge is coming from the source, I need you to know something. If the source consider the source, if the source is giving you a charge, he's also giving you the power to fulfill the charge. That's why he's giving you people connected to you that know you and that can see what you, what you can't see. Again, 613, and the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron and gave them a charge to the children of Israel and to the Pharaoh and to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. I want to help you with something. As leaders, especially in this pandemic, I need you to know that the challenge never cancels out the charge. Many times when God has given you a charge, and I'll go and define it for you, a charge is your calling. The charge is the reason why you are alive. The pandemic doesn't cancel that out. Matter of fact, here's what the pandemic does. The pandemic confirms or proves if the charge is actually in you. The pandemic proves if, if who you are is, what you, is who you are. If what you said you are is exactly who you are. Because it's easy to be who you are when there's no challenge. It's easy to follow and, and fulfill your charge when there's nothing coming against you. I, I thought that in this season, the, this will be the greatest time for the saints because we get the opportunity, watch this, to put in, pra put in practice what we, how we've been training. But here's what happened. I want to help you with something. We, as a people of God, and that's why I love what your church is doing, we stopped training the way we were going to fight. Mm -hmm. We taught you that. That scripture, Isaiah 54, 17, that was just read, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You were taught that not thinking that you would have to fight 
in order to ensure that that scripture comes alive in your lives. What am I saying? I'm saying whenever this Lord deals with you in weapon terms, he's dealing with you in weapon returns because you are a fighter. He will never speak that scripture to somebody who's not fighting. You can't be told no weapon formed against you shall prosper because many times there's no weapon coming against you if you're not fighting. I'm not going to use I'm not going to use my artillery against somebody that ain't fighting me. No, I don't have to do that. What am I saying? You got to be fighting in order for that scripture to come to be me to make sense in your life. So when I heard that scripture, I said, yep, confirmation. I'm in the right place at the right time because some of you all have put down your weapons because the fight came against you. When the fight came against you, you stopped fighting because you thought that meant you did something wrong. But can I help you with something? I want you to say this out loud. Say it out loud. Say the trying of my faith doesn't mean the dying of my faith. I'm going to say it one more time. Say the trying of my faith does not mean the dying of my faith. See, we think because our faith is tried, then that must mean our faith has died. Nah, that's not what that means at all. Your faith is tried means that's your opportunity for that faith to work patience. And then we want to get out of this pandemic so bad, and I get it. But can I help you with something? Exodus 6, 13. When Moses was charged to get the people out of Egypt, a season that was not supposed to last as long as it lasted, 40 years. The 40-year challenge of the people of Israel in the wilderness was the curse. It was the curse because of their fear, their complaining, their doubt, their disobedience. Watch this. Their charge, I didn't tell you about the people of Israel's charge, which is your charge. See, Moses' charge was to get the people out. He did that. Their charge was to ensure that they go possess the land. So while they are in Egypt, while Moses' job was to get them out of Egypt, the people's job was to ensure that Egypt got out of them. I'll say it one more time. When Moses led the people out of Egypt and into the wilderness, he did his part by getting them out of Egypt. The people's job was to possess the land of Canaan that they were going into. So while they were in the wilderness to get ready to possess the land, they were supposed to make sure that everything about Egypt got out of them so they could take the God source, the love of God, the power of God, the passion of God. They were supposed to take all of that love, that worship into the land. But because they walked by sight and not by faith, they saw themselves as not qualified to go possess the land that God was empowering them to possess. So the wilderness experience was not supposed to be a wandering experience. It was supposed to be an opportunity for them to allow Egypt and all the things that happens when you have Egypt, all the things that come against you, all the bad habits, all those issues. What am I saying? There are things inside of you that while you're in the wilderness, while you're home, while you're not being able to go where you want to go, do what you want to do, say what you want to say, be everywhere. This is supposed to be the time where all those old habits, all those bad habits, all those uh, those former, those Egyptian practices. This is the time to get it out of you. I know you don't want to admit that there are things inside of you that got to come out of you. But y'all, I don't care if you are alive and still breathing. There's something in you that needs to come out of you so that what God wants to put in you can get in you. Come on, Rashawn, go get the land. But see, our mentalities aren't prepared for the land because we are not prepared for fighting for the land. The people of Egypt weren't prepared. Just to tell you briefly of the story, they were supposed to get themselves ready to possess the land. So the way you prepare yourself to possess the land, watch this, is when you're in the wilderness, you're supposed to be worshiping in the wilderness. 
This is one of this is supposed to be one of your greatest spiritual times of your life right now. Again, I'm talking about a charge to keep. When God gave you the charge to possess the land, and I'll translate that, possess the land, meaning whatever God has given you to do, you got to own it. I'll say that again. Whatever God has given you to do, don't, don't accept it like, oh, you know, that's a pretty good idea. Lord, I, I thank you for, for thinking it's so high. Who am I that you are mindful of me? That we make it so much about us that it's not about you. <laughs> we make it so much about us. It's not about you. It's about what God wants to do through you. But because you make it about you, then you start thinking that, oh, well, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not qualified enough. Maybe there's somebody better um, for qualifying for it. Let me tell you something. Yes, there is. Oh, I know I just burst your bubble. Yes, somebody is stronger than you. Yes, somebody is wiser than you. Yes, somebody is more talented than you, but they're not you and they don't have the call that you have and they don't have the favor that you have. Somebody put in the chat, what God has for me is for me. I need somebody to put that in the chat. I'm getting excited, y'all. I'm gonna slow down. I need somebody to put that in the chat. What God has for me is for me. One of the greatest threats to you keeping your charge, watch this, is you comparing your identity to somebody else's. You comparing your charge to somebody else's charge. You comparing how, how you do what you do to somebody else. Can I help you with something, y'all? This is really going to bless you. If you want to compare yourself to somebody, compare yourself to your old self. I'll say it one more time. If you want to compare yourself to somebody, compare the new you to the old you some of you probably going to start running around the house right now, because if you think about how far you have come, you will stop looking at somebody else and start thinking, I might not be where you are, but I'm nowhere near where I used to be. And because I'm not where I used to be and God brought me so far, I got a reason to praise God and bless the Lord and get that spirit of heaviness off of me for the garment of praise because of how far he brought me. I need somebody to take a moment right now and just think about the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for you. I need somebody to take a moment right now and think about how far he has brought you. You know, you know, you used to have those suicidal thoughts. You know, you used to have those gossiping thoughts, those gossiping ways. Some of you, if you got gossiping ways, that's Egypt, get Egypt out of you. You know, you used to cuss like a sailor. You know, you used to be able to run up on somebody with a knife or a gun. You know how you used to be. You would not find yourself in church on a Sunday morning when you don't have to be right now at 10 o'clock, 1030 in the morning because you have an excuse. Nah, at this point now in your life, how far you've come, you have no time to be still and stay paralyzed by fear. I cancel out that spirit of that morbid mentality that's making you think that you're you, you're about to die before your time. Not in Psalm 91 when he says that because you set your love upon me, therefore I'll deliver him and her. I'll set you on high because you have known my name. I'll call upon he'll call upon me. I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him. And with what? Long life. And with what? Long life will I satisfy him and her to show him my salvation. The Lord wants to show you his salvation in the wilderness. But if you don't worship in the wilderness, if you don't eat on the word in the wilderness, you're going to die out in the wilderness. What do you mean? Those people of Egypt, they died out in the wilderness. Why? Because they didn't keep their charge. They wouldn't connect to the source. So they lost their charge. And because they lost their charge, because of the challenge, they were no longer the chosen. I'll say it one more time. Because they lost their charge, because of the challenge, they were no longer the chosen. Their, their, their kids were. Now, I'm going to tell you, I want my kids to be blessed. 
but I don't want them to be blessed because I refuse not to be. I'm going to say it one more time. I want my kids to be blessed. I do. But I don't want them to be blessed because I chose not to be. I want them to be blessed because they saw an example of what it was like to be blessed. Let me help you with something. Your greatest legacy, especially my parents and adults, if you have an influence over young people, the greatest legacy you can leave kids is a legacy of faith. I know you want them to see you paying bills. I know you want them to see you pay. But before you let them see you pay, Y'all, y'all going to finish my statement. Make sure you let them see you pray. I'll say it again. Before you let them see you pray, make sure you let them see you. Before you let them see you pay, make sure you let them see you pray. Make sure they recognize that, yeah, my daddy's taking care of the bills. Or, yeah, mama taking care of the bills. They got to pay the bills. But they also pray to me. Because, see, here's what I don't like. Our young people many times don't want the God that we serve because we don't demonstrate him outside of the church. See, they see us praising and it's confusing. See. Young people are great at discerning spirits many times better than adults. They can spot fakes from a while away because see, they see us praising God in church, lifting hands. But then when they see a bill come in and we looking like we frustrated, we mad, we we upset or they hear us on the phone because somebody didn't talk about us or whatever. And they see your responses. They're confused. They're saying, OK, in church, they said, for God, I live, for God, I die. But in the world, when they got home, they said, Somebody else will have to die because of how they talked about me. Our kids need to see the legacy of faith. Leave them money. Leave them, leave them a blessing. There are. But you heard Pastor Raleigh said earlier, the heritage, our, in, our heritage. If your heritage is that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, then we got to let them see us fighting for the word, fighting for the faith. Somebody say, that's right. Stay connected to the charge. Listen, the legacy of faith. Exactly. I need you to understand that. Worship in the wilderness. War with the word in the wilderness. Okay, let me show you something. Uh, Matthew 4. I'm almost done. Matthew 4. I love the fact that we use a lot of examples in the Bible. As you just saw me use, Moses, a type of Christ. The Old Testament gives us a shadow, um, a type of what we're supposed to be following after. That's a good thing. Moses um, deals with a lot of the law. And a lot of times we try to cancel out the law as if the New Testament has nothing to do with the Old Testament. When actually the New Testament is a is a fulfillment of the Old Testament. Christ fulfilled the law. He didn't come to do away with it. He just came to bring the heart of the matter out of it. Because, see, what I want to help you with is because while we're teaching you, I don't want you to be taught from a legalistic standpoint, meaning you can earn your way to salvation. You can earn your way to Christ. If I earn my 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 charge, if I earn my keeps then I'll keep my charge, if I just do, do, do now tonight, today, I don't want to talk to you about doing more than I want to talk to you about being. I heard somebody say, you're not a human doing, you're a human being. And because we are a being, watch this, you were created out of in the image of the Lord, in the image of God. If you were created in his image, then what's in him is in you. Can I help you with something? Genesis 2, 7 says, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Woo, I'm getting excited. He breathed into your nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. The devil's number one tactic is to help you, is to cause you to compromise the charge. Because my thing is, if God breathed his breath in me, then everything about my breath, which is my life, should be for his usage. He didn't breathe breath into me for me to curse. He didn't breathe his breath into me. See, that's why I wrote the book on called Weapons of Mass Distraction. Because I realized that the greatest tactic and attack of the enemy was to use music. One of the greatest was to use music, the thing that he had control over before he was kicked out of heaven, 
He was using that now to this day to separate people from God. He was using the breath, words that come out of you, life. When I believe that your breath is your life and I believe if God breathed his life in us, then we are to represent his breath. My question is to you, if God's breath is inside of you, what type of breath are you producing? Does God have good breath or bad breath? You know, I'm not asking you because some of y'all might have morning breath right now. I'm not saying look at your neighbor and breathe. What I am saying is ask yourself, am I making God's breath smell good? I believe that one of the greatest frustrations of our community is that we're allowing the breath of God to be polluted. It's a case of bad breath in our community. The breath of God inside of you is supposed to be used to destroy the works of the devil. That's why speak life came into existence, because I believe that if God has breathed his life into us, our job is to breathe life back into the community. Our job is to breathe what's in us out of us so that we can destroy the works of the devil and cause the community and the environment to produce life. That's why the enemy is trying to get you to die before your time. So if we're going to allow his breath to be in us, then we got to get find out who is the best example to follow after. Mm -hmm. Who's the best example to follow after that demonstrates exactly how to survive in the wilderness? Well, this is what my family has decided to do. Matthew 4, verse 1 through 11. See, somebody say, I'm in the world, not of the world. Somebody say that. Say, I'm in the world, not of the world. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Okay, a lot of this is going to sound just like the people of Israel who are also led into the wilderness. Okay, y'all caught the connection? Jesus in the wilderness. Egypt, Israel, people. The people of God, God's chosen, Jesus, God's chosen in the wilderness. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, you know, who the tempter is, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, I'm going to put a pause right there and let you know something. If you're not eat, if you eat every day natural food, you should be eating every day spiritual food. Now, go, I'm, I'm preaching to the father's house, our father's house. So I know that's not a brand new word to you. But if you are eating for your natural body every single day and you're feeding that natural man, how much more should you be feeding your spiritual man every single day? I'm not telling you to read a chapter every day. What I am saying is be munching on the word. Joshua tells us meditate on the word day and night. He said that will give you good success. He also said by doing that, you will have you will be of good, good courage. You got to eat the word every day. Every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Now, watch this. I'm not saying that's right. Oh, I love that bishop. No Bible. Come on. Somebody put that. Somebody put that up. No Bible. No breakfast. I want that to be your mantra. I want that to be your your banner, what you live by. No Bible, no breakfast, because if you're not eating the word, you can't have real life. And that is why, Bishop, people are, are constantly thinking about their natural death, because they're thinking about their death so much because they're not eating enough life. The Bible says that I am the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. You got to munch on him all the time. No Bible, no bed. I love that. Y'all got it. Y'all got it going on today. Then the devil taking him up into the holy city. This is verse five, taking him up to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. 
and said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands shall they bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Now, <laughs> I want you to know something. Look, look at verse, look at verse six, y'all. <laughs> y'all, can, can I help you with something? The devil is one of the greatest tricksters that ever lived. But I want you to know that you're more wise than him. The only reason why you can, only way you can be more wise than him is if you do what Hebrews eleven six says. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I need you to know you got to have faith in the wilderness. I talked about the word and your worship, but the only thing that makes that thing work is if you have faith in the wilderness. Because around you, man, y'all, if you can see it, then it's not built to last. If you can see it, if what's around you is able to, dis to disturb you, then you got to start looking at what you can't see. And the word of God is going to help you be empowered to see what you can't see. The way you do that is through faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says what? Without faith is what? Impossible to please God. But we can't stop there. And see, we stopped short so much, Pastor Riley, of the word. We stopped short too much because God gave us one part of the word and we do that. But you got to complete. You got to see the whole conclusion of the matter. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Watch this. But he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Somebody put in the chat, you got to be diligent in the word while you're in the wilderness. You got to be diligent. Being diligent means I'm always staying aware. I'm always staying conscious. I'm always coming to God. See, we allow our, we try to get a cop out by putting the word on tape and thinking that's us getting the word of God. Mm -mm. I'm sorry, y'all. I, I hate to burst your bubble, but just playing the word in your car on your way to work is not enough. That's not coming to God. That can aid, that can support you, but you got to come to the Lord. You got to take time that's uninterrupted. If you can take time to post on Facebook, if you can take time to watch your favorite show, and I'm not, I wasn't saying I'm not rebuking, but for some of you, this might be as a rebuke. If you can take time to have a conversation with your mom or your family member, if, if you can take that time, you can take time to come to the Lord. It's not, we, we're making it too difficult. He said, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In this season, God is saying, okay, I've taken away their ability to go out where they want to go, although people are still going out now. I've, I've, I've done all these things to remove all the distractions out of the way so they'll come to me, and they still won't come. They still won't come. And the reason why we're not coming is because we're not walking by faith. We're not walking by faith, and we're allowing ourselves to be comforted by others, other sources that can't sustain us. I'll say it again. We're allowing ourselves to be comforted by other sources, by other places of refuge that can't sustain us. They're not built for that. This has to be your most spiritual time. Can I help you with something? Let, let, me, let me finish the scripture first. All right. Again, oh, sorry. Verse seven says, and Jesus said unto him, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Watch this. And again, the devil, see y'all, the devil's not going to stop. Can I help? Can I tell you that? He's not going to stop. Now, there's going to be a season where he stops, but let me tell you, even while he's stopping, he's plotting. Mm -hmm. Even when he stops bothering him, he's plotting. He said, don't tempt the Lord thy God. And again, the devil taking him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said unto him, 
all these things will I give thee if thou would fall down and worship me. Now we heard in verse six, he was trying to mimic Psalm 91. If you didn't know what Psalm 91 was, you didn't realize that G that Satan didn't say it first when he said, Did wasn't it written? He said it wasn't it written. See, if you don't know the word of God, the devil will make you confused about your own beliefs. If you don't know the word, being knowing the word means being intimate with the word. If you're not intimate with the word, that's why I say you might not have to read a whole chapter, but it might be one scripture. I got a, I had a scripture verse. I've been studying a scripture verse uh, even yesterday. My, I have I have memory verses, I, memory verses. You think it's a kid thing? Nah, it's a it's a ch child of God thing. My memory verse is wherefore be he said wherefore my brethren be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of God worketh not the righteousness of the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. You got to worship. You got to meditate on the word. You got to do memory verses. You got to have these practices. I challenge all of you. Get a memory verse at least a month if you don't do it at least one week, once once a week. Get a memory verse. Get something that you chew on all throughout the day and you just meditate on all throughout the day and you say it all throughout the day. Why? Because it's going to come a time that you're going to be challenged with the same word that you were supposed to be studying. Studying the word of God is our charge. In order to possess the land, we got to possess the land with this word. Study the word to show yourself approved. Why? Because no man, watch this, that war entangled himself with the affairs of this life. Pastor Riley said, y'all been praying for peaceful transition. The reason why we're qualified to pray for a peaceful transition is because where we stand when it comes to the word of God. See, when somebody comes to you because they need prayer for healing, if you ain't been in the word, you have no power. I want you to know that God has chosen you, our father's house, and those who are watching. He's chosen us to be the conduits for his blessing. He can't come down off the throne and lay hands on people or speak the word to people. He has to use you to do it. But if we are in the world and not of the world, but we're acting like the world, then the world has no chance at life because they have no chance at seeing what life looks like through your lives. I'll say it one more time. If we're in the world and not of the world, but we still act like the world, then the world has no chance to see what life looks like when you are not demonstrating it for them. So I, I say that like, like it was told to Esther. You have been called for such a time as this. So you wonder why you're going through this? You wonder why we're in this pandemic? See, you're alive. And because you are alive, you're the example for how to go through it. But you gotta stay connected to the source. See, Jesus was able to go through these challenges of being challenged for, about his identity because some of y'all have been challenged by your identity. Are you really who you say you are? How, how, my pastor Riley got you doing that. Why you get to own the business? Or if you are this, then they're going to make you out, act outside of your character to make you, watch this, cancel out the plan of God for your life. And then he said, okay, all right. So I can't get him. I can't identify him. I can't do that. But let me, get him, let me kill him. Again, number one thing about the devil is this. One of the things is he wants to make you think about your death. If he can't make you think about your death, then he'll try to kill you. Then he'll try to get you to kill somebody else or get somebody to kill you. He cannot take you out like he wants to. So he'll put it on your mind and make you die before your time. He said, all these things will I give thee that will fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. 
God wants to put you into a position, into a season, especially when you're being charged. See, there's a time, y'all, when I'm using this, I'm using my phone, I'm using my devices, and, and I, because of the charge that's on the call, on the charge on my phone requires it to be used. Watch this, to its maximum capability. It requires that. But it comes a time when this phone has to what? Be put down. It has to rest so it can get charged. See, while some of y'all are, are, are frustrated about your charge, you don't understand that the word of God says he gives his beloved rest. And we think that that rest only means when we die. No, the Lord wants to give you rest. Matthew tells us, he said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But he's not giving you rest if you're not walking in your charge. If you're not walking in your call, there's a call on your life. Can I tell you something? When there's a real call in your life, the pandemic can't stop it. Y'all, my speak life didn't stop because of the pandemic. Uh, Pastor Riley said, uh, I, I travel a whole lot. This is quick, the testimony. Yeah, the pandemic stopped my traveling, y'all. It did. It stopped my traveling the way, the way it was. But can I tell y'all, it didn't stop the charge. <laughs> and because it didn't stop the charge, people were still calling. And I was still able to travel just virtually. Save some gas money. <laughs> had the opportunity to have a little more prep time. Because the charge don't stop because the challenge comes. All right? Can I help you out with something else? All right? Because the charge came and the challenges came uh, to try to beat the charge. Can I tell you something? Just because they stop calling don't mean God stops. Let's say if no one else called. Let's say if the pandemic stopped people from calling for me to speak, period. That don't mean I don't have something to say because here's what my wife and I did. They said, just in, if the people don't call, but there's a call on our lives, then maybe this is not the season for you to go where to, to go to place that people have set up. I'll say it like this. Maybe this is not the season for you to go to other people's stages, maybe this is the season. Some of y'all about to finish my statement. Maybe this is the season for you to set up your own stage. Maybe this ain't the season where you got to go to other people's stages, where you got to go to other people's rooms, where you got to go where other people have places where other people have built. Maybe this is the season for you to build yourself. I believe that I'm speaking life to people that's supposed to be building as, a, as opposed to going to other people's buildings. This is your season as Roshan just said, to get the rest so that you can build. I believe that. James 1, 2 and 4, y'all, says this. My brethren, count it all joy. I wrap it up with this, with this verse. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, we said earlier, the trying of your faith doesn't mean the dying of your faith. So you can't have, you can't have faith without your works. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Woo! In this season, if you really want to overcome while overcoming evil with good, I, I get all that because you're going to have people coming against you. But if you really want to win in this season, let patience have her perfect work. Stop being upset because somebody told you to sit down. Do you realize that there are people in the grave right now because they didn't want to stop going places? They said, no, I got to get out the house. I got to get out of the house. Can I help you? Especially people of God, it's going to bless you. Watch this. Once you get the idea that I am more in God than I am in this pandemic, you'll be able to outlast the pandemic. I'll say it again. Once you get the idea, the spiritual idea, the spiritual notion that I am more in God than I am in this pandemic, then you will outlast 
the pandemic. I close with this. Yeah, this is my son's, my children's bow and arrow. Yeah. Some of y'all heard me say this before. I, I put it on a live before. Or I put it on a message before. Can I tell y'all this? While you're in this pandemic, while you're going through, while, while you're being charged. See, before there were um, devices that needed to be charged, like, like weapons that need to be charged. There were arrows like this. So how do you charge a bow? How do you charge an arrow? The Bible says you're like arrow, you're arrows when you were children. How do you charge an arrow? By pulling it back. Y'all see that? How do you try? I, I, I ain't going to shoot you. How do you charge an arrow? By pulling it back. Can I tell you something? You all right now are in the pullback season. You're in the pullback season. This is your charging season. When God charges you, he's just getting you ready. So when he's pulling you back, I want you to accept that. Don't accept the pullback as punishment. Accept the pullback as promotion. Because the farther you're pulled back, watch this, the farther you go. When you're pulled back far enough, you go far enough. And when you go far enough, your launching is going to allow you to be able to handle what you're about to go through. See, can I tell you something? The farther you pull an arrow back, the, the better has a chance to meet his target. And not only does the arrow have a chance to meet his target when it's pulled back far enough, it also has a chance to beat his target. This is not the season where your, ain't, where your target beats you. This is the season where your target allow you to have a breakthrough. You're supposed to break through your target. So I need you to aim this season, y'all. I need you to aim. I need you to aim. That's what an arrow does. An arrow aims. And an arrow aims only because it's pulled back far enough. So if you've got to sit down and not travel like you want to travel, that's called the pullback. If you can't go to the mall, if you can't go down to the outlets and shop like you want to shop, that's called a pullback. If you can't go to your favorite restaurant like you want to go to your favorite restaurant, that's called the pullback. I know you wanted to go to your family's house for Christmas. I know you wanted to eat Thanksgiving dinner. I, I get all that. That's called the pullback because recognize this. When God is pulling you back, he's just getting you ready to go farther. And when you go farther in this next season, when we come out, because even Jesus came out of the wilderness, he came out. We're going to come out. I need y'all to put in the chat. We're coming out. But when you come out, you got to make sure that you're, you've been pulled back far enough. So when you hit your target this time, you don't only hit it, but you break through it. See, some of y'all are hitting targets, but you're falling off. That's why people leave the church so fast because they're hitting the target, but they don't stick and stay. But the farther you pull back, the, the more you're able to stick and stay. Y'all, I need you to be charged. I need you to understand that there's a call on your life, Katrina. There's a call on your life, Katrina, that no man can cancel out. But we have to be more convinced of our charge than people are convinced of our charge. Nobody should be more convinced about what you're called to do than you are. So in this season, I want you to allow God to keep your charge. What did the Bible, what did the song say? A charge to keep I have. A God to glorify. Come on, y'all. A charge to keep I have. A God to glorify. I need somebody to say in the chat, a charge to keep I have. A God to glorify, a never dying soul to save and fit it for the sky to serve this present age. My calling to fulfill Oh may all my powers engage to do my master's will. There are too many souls out there that need to be delivered and they don't know or have access to the God that you have access to. So why would you keep that from them? Because we're going through a little something. We got this. We've been called for such a time as this. People need to eat from the fruit that you produce and they can't eat from the fruit you produce if you don't keep your charge. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ right now, I pronounce a blessing upon these souls. 
The souls you've given us charge over. <laughs> yeah, you've given us charge over these souls. You, that's, a, that's our charge. Our charge is not to uh, dilute the word. Our charge is not to give them a motivational message more than to give them a message they can eat off of and live off of. So right now, God, I pray that the word that you put inside of them today and the word you've been giving them through Pastor Riley and Pastor uh, and Bishop Riley, I pray that they don't make the word become a word that can't be made flesh. Your word says John 14 and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld the glory. I pray that people are able to behold the glory of the people that carry your word because they love you in Jesus name. Right now, if you're not saved and you've not given your life over to the Lord, you can't have access to what we talked about today. You have no chance. If you are not saved, you can't access this. But if you will pray with me right now and receive the Lord as your savior, as your Lord, as your owner, as your father, as your friend, then you have access to everything that we talked about. And then some. Here we go. If you're not saved, repeat after me. Say, Lord, thank you for choosing me. Thank you for going through your wilderness so that I can be saved. Thank you for being my Lord. Say this. And for those who need to repent, you can say this too. say, Lord, I admit that I have not said things, that I have not done things, that I have not thought things that please you. I have been an enemy of you. But now, Lord, after hearing your word and experiencing your presence, I want you. I can't. I know I can't have it without your Holy Spirit. So will you fill me with your spirit? So I'll live for you and glorify you with my whole life in Jesus name. Amen. I want you to bless the Lord. If you did that and you gave your life to the Lord, make sure you let our father's house know and understand this, that your calling, your charge is all for the glory of God. God bless you all. Bishop Ed and Pastor Bishop, Pastor Riley and Bishop Ed Riley. I love y'all so much. God bless you. Our father's house. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. At this point, all I can say is just praise God. Amen. Because that was a very powerful <laughs> and on-time word. Amen. Mm -hmm. A charge to keep. I have. And yeah. oh man, that that was the pastor here would be thank you so much. Amen. For being in touch with God yeah. and getting that word from the Lord for us. Amen. We are going to feast off of this oh, word yes. for a while. Amen. Amen. Because there's nothing more important than. As we've seen in your word on today, there's nothing more important than staying connected so that we can keep charge, amen, so that we can carry out the will and the purpose of God. We thank God for Pastor Hayward on this morning, amen, amen for bringing amen, such an amen. awesome word of God. I feel strengthened amen, by amen. the word that was sent forth on this morning, and we're looking forward. Uh, Pastor Hayward, this is not your last time. We're looking forward to you, amen. I know you didn't finish the message. I know you didn't finish it, Amen. <laughs> So, amen, we're going to be calling and getting in contact with you so that you can come and finish that message and start another one. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is just so good. We thank God for the word today. Talking about an on-time word. Yes. I mean, from the time, before he even said, turn with me to the book of, he had already spoke words from the Lord. And what he said was so true, how morbid thinking, we're thinking more about death. We're thinking more yes. about uh -huh. what may happen to us. And we've got to be careful. And yes, we have to be careful. Yes, we have to do what we have to do. But we, it's in God that we live. And it's in him that we live. And it's him that we have our being. And as long as we think, and he said this, and, and this is what I got from what he said. If, as long as we think morbidly or think about, have morbid thinking, it cancels out 
purposeful. Yeah, so that purposeful.